0: Well, we're back. At least I think we are. Let me just set up this microphone a little bit here. There you go. There you go. Ah, it's been an interesting couple of days. I'm still trying to forget the, uh, the events that happened a few uh, days ago, or let's say two weeks ago, with that uh, hideous date of mine. <laughs> I really have to learn not to date women like that. It's going to destroy me one day. Well, anyway, I'm not here to talk about private things that kind of ruined uh, certain expectations or moments in my life. I'm here because I'm pissed off about a topic that pisses off a lot of people. And it's about He-Man. And I was actually more interested in talking about Ghostbusters or... uh, Like I said, Jason Voorhees, that kind of stuff, uh, other things about my hobbies, my favorite music taste and all that. But recently, you know, I was uh, talking to a colleague of mine from work and we were talking about He-Man and what Kevin Smith did with this show. And uh, my colleague only watched the first episode and he was a bit on the edge by not being sure if he likes the show or if he's going to hate the show because he wanted to give it one more chance before he stops uh, watching completely and continue for episode two and three until all the way through to uh, the the season finale. Well, I was trying to avoid the show on Netflix. I didn't want to watch it for one reason. Um, I knew I was going to be disappointed. (laughs) Um, I'm also not a huge He-Man fan. So, one could say that I'm not really biased about um, being too much of a, of a fanboy and having gigantic expectations about the production and, and the storyline. But I do like the universe a lot. I mean, I grew up with the 80s cartoons just the same like uh, most people my age or my generation. I had the toys. Of course I had them. I had He-Man himself. I had Skeletor. I had... Um, This this snake thing with the long arms, I forgot his name. I'm sorry about that. I told you I'm not a a huge, gigantic fan here. But I love the toys. The toys were fun to play with because they were just so bulky. They were quite durable. You could do all sorts of things with them. You can throw them around. And, you know, I just played wrestling with these uh, figures, not so much uh, the the, the He-Man stuff. I, I played like... I had this fantasy in my head that I was... Um, playing uh, some wrestling universe where all sorts of creatures had to uh, face off in a royal royal rumble, and all the toys I had, I just I, I just abused them for this kind of fun, uh, you know, inventing all sorts of storylines in between, making it more legit for my head to continue exploring this this idiotic idea of mine. So I, I, that's all I did. I just, I love the design of the toys for what they were and what you could do with them. And for the fact that they weren't easy to break. <laughs> so that's my obsession here. But I, I did watch the cartoons a lot. I think um, what Filmation did back then, I think it was Filmation, and uh, the, the cell animation was in in many cases beautiful and in some cases, it just got recycled over and over again because you saw the same pose, the same animation, the same fist fight and and running and all that. And it becomes a bit you know, agonizing to watch if you watch everything in one take. But for its time, when it came out, it was gigantic. Um, the dubbing was fantastic. The voice acting was, was just uh, amazing for its time. They had great voices, people who were just... Uh, absolutely believable. The stories were not too stupidly written. They were watchable for different audiences, for different ages. And the topic about masculinity wasn't exactly the center of, of the story. It was always more about uh, morals, uh, the good, the bad. Um, some, let's say, small parts of uh, the meaning of life, so to speak, and philosophy that you would get at the end of the show, like always be truthful, you know, always be, be kind to others and all that stuff. And they did, they, they did try to put these messages into the cartoons to give them value for the children so that they wouldn't get... I mean, we're talking here about the producers and, and, and the toy companies, that they wouldn't receive too much backlash for showing too much violence to, to, to children and dumbing them, them down. That was a huge deal back then as well. It wasn't really talked about in the media like it is today. But um, if you're producing toys and, and creating cartoon shows and stuff like that, your existence is really uh, defined and, and strengthened and, and, and supported by how many people actually watch this stuff and how many kids or families and, and, and parents continue buying these toys to give them to give their children what they actually want and make them shut up about it and give the company the money they need to survive. And uh, Masses of the Universe had a great start at first and a gigantic hype where they just couldn't make enough money. They were just really huge and produced a large quantity of toys until the name and the reputation kind of went downhill very fast. And uh, I'm not saying that He-Man is... bad in any way, of course not, but there were many other toys and storylines on the market that lasted much longer, like Transformers and Ghostbusters, for example. And I think from the integrity and, and the essence of the storylines, the quality and the intelligence of some of these stories and cartoons and the toys, I think He-Man didn't really stand a chance against the other, uh, brands. I'm not saying that, like I said, I'm not saying that He-Man is, is trash in any way, but, um, you have to be realistic because the market is tough. And if all you have is like strong bulky guys and, and, um, monsters and all that with crazy ideas, I mean, the, they had really a lot of crazy ideas. Some figures were just downright idiotic, but, um, The main core of that universe of this fantasy, tech, mecha, magic world is just um, unique in many ways, and it still remains to this day one of the most hyped cartoons and toy lines of all time. And there's a reason for that. I personally, um, if I could, I would still buy a statue of He-Man and Skeletor, you know, fighting it out in in some epic battle like a um, diorama, and I would put that somewhere uh, on my shelf. Just to stay, uh, you know, always remembered of what that time was like when I watched it. And I also love what Dolph Lundgren did to, uh, to He-Man. I love what Frank Langella did to Skeletor, the way they just brought these characters to life. Even though the movie got a lot of heat and hate back then for being just trash, um, it's golden trash. I bought the Blu-ray as soon as it came out. I wanted to watch this movie again in all its glory. Of course it's old and it's 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 you know cheaply produced but they did pretty well with what they had at the time i still love gwildor i think he's a <laughs> a funny character i met a woman once that almost looked just like him so no i did not bang her up jesus christ i'm not crazy well enough of of, of that here we are many years later with uh, the the legacy of he man in question because a lot of us didn't really know if we would ever see anything of this universe ever again, somewhere on screen or in theaters or whatnot. There were so many talks and so many scripts and and, and screenplays being written for for He-Man and none of them ever got off the ground. We have cartoons that were made like in 2002, that version which I barely watched. It was nothing for me. I didn't like it. I didn't like the style very much. I didn't care much for the stories. I only wanted the original thing to continue in some way. Then there were also some cartoons that were pretty well done with uh, you know, the, the prequel and explanation of how Skeletor came to be and all that. I think I, I did watch a portion of it, but like I said, mainly the one thing that keeps stuck in my head are the original cartoons and the movie that was produced. And I always wanted to see more of that story and... and maybe something new and refreshing to the material as long as it respects the material and just keeps on enlarging it and creating something that we could all watch and enjoy eventually and I'm also looking forward to a live action adaptation of that material in some shape or form Um, there were talks once uh, with I'm not quite sure who was supposed to direct it but they were planning a show in the scale of Lord of the Rings and um What's the other one? I forgot that. Oh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. I never watched it. <laughs> That's the show with the dragons and all that crap. Uh, never mind. Like I said, I've never watched it. You know exactly what I mean when I'm when I'm ta- talking and describing about the the uh, incredible violence and, and and sexuality in that in this TV show. Um, it's. It's sad that it never actually happened that we could see an epic uh, proportion of He-Man and the universe where it plays in. They could have added so much material and so much crazy ideas if they keep it a bit dark and gritty and, you know, just a few percent of humor in there. But maybe we're lucky and we're going to see something like this in the future as long as anyone is still interested in the franchise. The problem these days, however, which is the reason why... Uh, Kevin Smith got so much backlash for his Netflix TV show is um, the agenda, this woke thing agenda of strong female characters that keep appearing and popping up in the same, absolutely the same formula and presentation over and over and over again. We've seen it in Star Wars since Disney bought the license and, sh- and just shat all over it. Um, we've seen it in Terminator. We've seen it in different TV shows. We're seeing it all the time. We saw it in Captain Marvel, for God's sakes. You know, it's, it's, it's getting old. It's really getting old. And I'm not so much a fan of, well, I say conspiracies and, um, you know, fan blaming and all that kind of stuff. It, I love a good story when I see one, but the way this is presented in this day and age, that female characters have to be just this ignorant form of self-esteem, self-absorbed love and and obsession for um, a character that just has no weaknesses and is just perfect the way they are. That's nonsense. I'm not sure why anybody would write that kind of stuff. And I just cannot believe that Kevin Smith, who was supposed to be responsible for the storyline has written He-Man Revelations the way he did. I just, I don't believe it. I think that he got forced to, to write it down like that or manipulate it into writing it in the same tone and style like many other TV shows in this day and age and just, um, you know, keep uh, keep a woman, a perfect woman, strong, perfect woman, always in the foreground while making male characters a bit more less valid and weaker. And I don't know, just uh, sidelining everything that was once really great in these stories and had meaning at least. And uh, just removing them to a plot where you just scratch your head and think, what the fuck is going on? This isn't what I remember. And it's disappointing. And I'm not going to go with you through all of these episodes because this weekend. I actually watched all five episodes in one take, and I I had a bad feeling after the first episode. Uh, The feeling got worse in episode two, three, and four. In episode five, you know, I just, I don't know, I just, I wanted it to be over. It was that bad. Now, before I tear apart the show and what Kevin Smith said about He-Man, let me get you, let's get right down to a few facts of the positive. First of all, visually, this show is stunning. The drawings, the cell animation, uh, thank God there is cell animation at all in in today's world. Um, They have made a good choice in design, I believe. I think from a modern perspective, it's a good thing that they went with the slightly edgy, uh, very realistic character design with a cell animation that is very close to anime, to the Japanese style of making uh, animated features. That's all fine. I can watch that day in, day out. It's not a problem. And why should it be? It looks gorgeous. Okay, Tila's design even is really well done, I think. It's not too far from the original. Just a few changes with the haircut and all that and making her more masculine is not really a problem. That's all good. I mean, we're talking about Eternia, right? They can all walk around looking sexy, I mean, back in the day when, when, when He-Man was done, when it was created, we're talking about a time where female characters, leading female characters, and the style and visual uh, presentation of those women was, they were less bulky, less strong, less less physically strong, let me at least put it that way. And there were reasons for it, because in the media at the time, in the Hollywood industry, there was no room for this kind of storytelling, of this kind of female presentation. That doesn't mean that they didn't have strong female characters. No, of course not. They had. Just look at Sigourney Weaver, what she did with her Ripley character from the Alien franchise. I have never seen a woman up to this day that much badass, that cool, that strong... Uh so much, so ballsy, I mean, this this chick, uh, <laughs> sorry, this this woman, yeah, let's call her chick. I don't care. She is a a bomb. uh I mean, not negatively speaking. I mean, don't forget I come from Germany. When I say bomb, it means positive. let's let's put it this way. She is a stunning, absolutely stunning version of a woman that not even a man can reach in a universe like that. And her presentation, her performance, the acting, the way the character was, was written, what she did with the character, with her own personal you know, acting uh, style and choices, the facial expression, uh, the determination, the emotional uh, um, uh, boundaries that she also had to endure, in, in the storyline at least. I mean, I can't get enough of these movies. That is the definition of what a strong woman can be and, in my opinion at least, should be every now and then in a good storyline. And it's, it's unmatched to me personally. And, uh, of course, we have a bit more, uh, we, we have more freaky women, let's put it that way, at, at the time. For example, Gracie Jones was very uh, famous for her uh, toughness, the, the way she was presented, the way she presented herself this tall, very strong, uh, masculine woman, uh, some men were actually afraid of her. <laughs> for a good reason, I suppose. But I'm just making a point. They, we had women in those days that were just uh, shockingly different in a positive way. And I'm not sure that they received that much negative backlash at all. And Sigourney Weaver, for sure not. I mean, those movies were hyped for being incredible and just perfectly made and done. Uh, at least the first two movies, part two being my absolute favorite, where she goes berserk and just is this this one woman army of 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 pure power and pure awesomeness, facing doom and just, you know, trying to protect this girl and just keeps on going, mowing down these aliens like crazy. That is a, ma- a fantastic movie. I've never seen anything like it. If you haven't watched any of the old alien movies, watch them. Then you know what a good, written, perfectly portrayed, strong woman can be and should be and how much fun it is to watch. And not Captain Marvel and all this bullshit. Give me a break. That's lame ass writing that's it's poorly written. It's really poorly written. It makes no fun whatsoever. Even though the Ghostbusters movie from 2016 is a joke. I mean if you don't know what you're doing, don't, don't touch the material. Leave it the fuck alone. But I'm getting off track here. If you want another perfect example of a very well-written, beautifully done and crafted character, look at Sarah Michelle Gellar, what she did with Buffy. Enough said, okay? There is really, it's hard to top these women. It's hard to bring something to the table that gives them even the same amount of quality and strength and in, and just just believability too. They're more realistic to me than anything else I've seen in today's world. So um, my hat is off to anybody who created that though those those productions, those ideas. Even if Joss Whedon received a lot of hate because of his behavior, and it it seems to be a fact that he's a complete asshole, which is a shame, but his talents speak for himself when he created that Buffy uh, TV franchise. The movie before the TV show was a different thing. I've never watched it to this day. But the TV show, under uh, the the helm of, of Joss Whedon, is a perfect example of how good and how important it is to keep a character, no matter if male or female, just keep a character interesting and complex to add so many different features to the character to make it more believable, to give it more ground to walk on, to give it uh, emotion, to give it depth and meaning and, and, and integrity and experience and drama. For God's sakes, it's, it's a shame that we have come to a, to a time where even these so-called wannabe nerds and wannabe fans like Kevin Smith Just uh, take a project like He-Man and plow it to the ground with his idiotic beliefs for whatever fucking reason. So um, enough of the foreplay. We should get right down to it because I'm still very shocked. My mouth is just a little bit dry here from talking. I I had two cups of coffee to get awake. Um, Still really... uh, negatively surprised about He-Man and what happened to it Uh, well hmm. oh yeah clean water in the morning, that's not too bad so what the fuck happened? Like I said, the animation quality and the design and, and drawings and all that is, is beautifully done. The coloring is great. The effects are great. Um, that, I love watching a production in this kind of style. It makes a lot of fun. But the storyline, this is where it gets complicated for me. I don't understand why Kevin Smith thought it was a good idea, or anybody supporting him thought it was a good idea, to treat He-Man as unimportant. Because the main plot of 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 this, this TV show was basically uh Tila, of course, obviously Tila. Um I had no problem with the fact that without magic Eternia would suffocate one fine day and probably the entire universe because Eternia is uh central for uh a universal balance, so to speak. Um I like that. That is cool. Um I like the presentation of Skeletor. I like that uh, Mark Hamill actually uh, played him, voiced by him. Mark Hamill is a, a, a extremely gifted and talented voice actor, much more than the actual actor. To be to be fair, um, it's. I think he he found a craft that he can really perfect. And uh, I know to this day there has there has no uh, there is no man in this world that ever gave joker a better voice than him i mean his his performance and his laughter about joker the insanity in his voice is just perfect he knows exactly what he's doing and portraying skeletor was a good choice i love that i think uh, that was well done i love the fact that sarah michelle geller spoke tila i think that was also a very uh, a, a very good choice, uh, a perfect cast for, for, for the character. What I just don't like about it is the way the storyline played out and how paper-thin the reasons were for her behavior. The ignorant, self-absorbed, self-obsessed behavior of, you lied to me, so you're all trash. I mean, there's so much more going on in this world, and she is pissed because Adam lied to her. Wow. I mean, just fucking... Look, I'm going to spoil a lot here, so if if you haven't seen uh, anything of He-Man, go watch it first before listening to anyone like me tearing apart this show. Um, I think up until now, pretty much everyone who cares about the franchise uh, has seen it in one way or or another, and uh, it's... Uh, we have to talk about this kind of decision here. It's, it's, it's a poor choice. I think we've been past that by now, that we can throw away this, this woke bullshit and just concentrate on a good storyline and give fans what they were expecting and give He-Man uh, the, 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 his, his spotlight the way it was supposed to be. At least I think it's supposed to be that way because the only character that actually carried the show were two guys, He-Man himself and Skeletor. Everyone else is a side character. You can build on these side characters. You, you, can, you can give them their own time, their own space, and their own story. That is fine. I have nothing against a good Tila storyline. I don't mind that. I don't care if half of her fucking head is shaved to look more badass. I don't care that she has become more ma- masculine than ever before. It's fine. It's Eternia. They're at war. They need strong warriors Some of them are trained beyond belief, most likely, to make it believable. You can't put a stick figure in there like myself and and give them a sword and a shield and think they can pull things off. We cannot. We need strong people to pull this shit off. Perfectly fine. I have nothing against that. What I have against the show is the poor writing, the poor decision-making in making her the main character. And not only that, but adding some lore and, and... Uh, Over the top magic powers to her uh, own existence, um, which needs explanation uh, needs explaining for season two, I believe, if it even comes to season two. Let's put it that way. Um, It's it's okay to give her powers. I wouldn't even mind. uh, You know, some of these characters actually got a pretty cool moment in that show. For example, Orko. I didn't even expect Orca to appear because he wasn't exactly a fan favorite. It's more like um, comic relief in, in the old shows to give to make it not too dark and too serious, I think. Especially back in those days when you think about the early 80s, uh, a lot of people were worried that if, if their children would watch too much of G.I. Joe, for example, that all they could think about is military and war. And that's not exactly something positive, but you can make it playful for kids. And there is a danger there, at least some people believe there is a danger, if their children are just bombarded by this kind of of storytelling. And there might be some truth to that. I'm not saying that they're all lying, that they're all wrong. Um, children are very susceptible to various uh, stories and beliefs and ideologies and if you bombard them strongly with a very violent world that they can, I'm not sure that every child can actually process that information the same way, in a safe way, if you know what I mean. I'm not saying that you shouldn't introduce them to this, but you should maybe pay attention if it's good for them or not. That's what I'm saying. I do like G.I. Joe, but I'm not a super fan uh, in, in in general about that that stuff the toys were gigantic but it's, the show it lacked intelligence and integrity in my opinion it's not exactly a good example of what America was capable of doing in in storytelling for children but um, well you know it's it's just my opinion here. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to crap on uh, GI Joe too much but um, back to the masters I um, I do like what they did to uh, Orko. I do like what they did to Evelyn. Her transformation from being evil to a bit more positive, showing a good side, being a helping hand, uh, showing optimism that you know not everything is not everything is evil from her perspective. Not everyone is bad. But as, as soon as Skeletor came back. In the end of, of of episode five, revealing himself and his evil plan, uh, Evelyn was back under his spell, and just you know, she needs to be evil because she is, she's like a whore, in it, one way or the other, and she needs to be kept under control by people like Skeletor, who are just more powerful. They're just more attractive, the bad boys, which is, you know, in some way quite realistic to our world. How some. Uh, people, not only women, but but some people react to uh, a strong leader giving them false hope in, in whatever direction. And um, that was cool that I was still in there, showing her weakness, so to speak. And um, I like what they did with all the characters, those side characters, the typical toys like Mossman, how he was uh, represented. I like what they did with... Um, With Cringer, he was portrayed very well, in my opinion. That was just great. I like the design of He-Man. I think that was also spot on, in in my opinion. They could have done so much more with He-Man himself, of course. But, well, here we are again with exactly the same problem. First of all, the, the only person to blame here is probably Kevin Smith himself for advertising a massive He-Man show and then turning it into Tila and not telling anybody or lying about it like it was discussed online many times. And I think there's a lot of truth there. Uh, he has to take the blame. He has to face the consequences from, from disappointing fans. Um, it's, it's really a shame that this had to happen. I, I don't understand what Kevin, th- Kevin Smith was fucking thinking in that moment, why he thought this might be a good idea. Especially, you have to realize, um, when we're talking about a fan base who are actually the only people on the fucking planet supporting this, supporting the toy lines, the stories, the cartoons, the comic books, everything, they, they are fans for a reason. We have different fans for different reasons, we have different people, who are fans for their own individual reasons. That's all good and fine. But you need these people in order to make something like this work. It's the only way it works. You can't just use a franchise. You can do something, invent something that is maybe based on something and make it your own, make it its own world and sell that and get a, a genuine new, fresh audience who might be interested in this material, that is fine. I totally get that. That's perfectly fine, and it works. But using a license based on some original idea that was created in the 80s, or whatever fucking timeline, you take that, you reshape it to your liking without actually respecting the fans, those people who made this possible in the end. And then still sit back and go like, "Oh, grow the fuck up, really? Man, this guy is delusional. I'm disappointed because Kevin is really not in his 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 mind right now, and maybe more fake than anyone actually realized. But that's a different thing. I I don't want to bash too much on the guy. I mean, he has enough trouble as it is, especially now with his his uh, misfortune in writing." a half-baked script for, uh, for He-Man. Uh, it's, it's sad, actually, that we still have to endure this kind of shit this day and age. But before I go off topic again, the problem here that I had with the first episode alone was the fact that I knew it was going to happen from the way the plot was, was, was written and turned out that He-Man would probably die in some shape or form. I haven't read anything before. I just saw how this story was unfolding. Uh, it was everything pointed into this direction that, that He-Man slash Adam would sacrifice himself to save everyone. And that's nice and all. It's, it's of course, a true hero will sacrifice himself for the greater good, to protect those he loves, to protect the innocents, and pretty much everything. It's, it's okay. We had these storylines. But is it really necessary to make it It really just only about one character in the end, about Tila? Not just Tila as Tila, but Tila as being this, I don't give a fuck about anybody because I'm so strong. And after Adam died, the king going, uh, you know, berserk, and um, that was not realistic. I'm sorry, that is... No, I can't buy that. If, if, look, after He-Man died and the orb was destroyed, in case you've watched it, there is a, there's an underground of Grayskull, there was a a so-called mythical orb that contained all the magic of Eternia and was protected. And Skeletor wanted that magic, the power, because he somehow found out about it. Maybe he knew it all along. I don't know. You know, it's, that's the kind of plot hole that never made any sense here. To explain that properly, and um, Skeleton died in the process, or so we believed, right? Um, Adam died and went to heaven because being a champion and doing what was necessary to save everyone, he got rewarded by entering uh, pre pre Turnia. That's what they called it. Preternia, where everyone can live happily ever after if they had a good good life and did something heroic. And all the champions, all the previous He-Man versions that were there are somewhere, you know, jumping around in Preternia and playing with their cocks or something. I have no idea. I don't care. It's a nice storyline. I can buy that. That's okay. Um, what I don't buy is, like I said, after everything went down, Tila came back with men at arms and, and, you know, delivering the sad message to the queen that Adam died, that He-Man died. And the king, who never knew about it, um, why it was written that way, I have no idea. And I'm not sure why the original version was written like that. But the reaction here is unrealistic. The king can be disappointed that he never knew that his son was He-Man. That's okay. That makes sense. Banishing men-at-arms for doing his job and, and respecting the prince's wishes is a bit, just a little bit over the top. I don't believe it because a king like that, who has been the king for so many years, must be wiser than that and respect his son's wishes as well. He should show some kind of integrity in this regard, and it's a poor choice of words that uh, you know Kevin put into the script to make uh, just to push the story forward in a very short amount of time. I mean, I get it. An episode is like, what, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? I didn't I didn't look at the time, really. But it's obvious that the first episode had to push the script and the plot forward as fast as possible to get, you know, more Tila time. Obviously, that's the only plan here. And uh, the worst thing is Tila's reaction uh, for, you know, being blamed like... Um, no, not being blamed, sorry. The other way around. She blamed everyone else for keeping the secret because it was Adam's wish to do that. He had his reasons not to tell her. And uh, she, got, she felt betrayed, of course, because it's always about her here somewhere, somehow, like in every other fucking I'm so super special, I'm the key to everything girl, that she turns her backs on everyone and says, fuck you. And leaves, and that's it. And she's mad uh, at her, her dad, Duncan, for, for lying. She's mad at Adam, of course, for keeping the secret from her. Lying, uh, that, that Cringer even knew, that that the, the, the Queen knew, and all this kind of crap. And then she just leaves, because, yeah, I can, because I'm Tila, super. And then, you know, uh, fast forward a couple of years with, like I said, different hair, more, um, more of this individuality stuff that I want to look badass because I can and I am badass and all that. And then we have more female characters that become a bit more, um, centered into this, this universe, especially her sidekick or new friend, uh, that of course has to be black because 2021, right? Then, (laughs) then, um, uh, you know, I have nothing against black characters. It's just funny the way that everything kind of, you know, uh, just everything is developed in the same way. Diversity has to be in it. It's just, um, it's a must. It's fucking Eternia. Nobody gives a shit if somebody is Asian or or, or black or white or green or purple or yellow. Or has big peen is a small peen. Three tits or four. It's it. Who gives a fuck? About it, But it's funny that we have to watch this kind of stuff again over and over again in so many TV shows and adaptations and new versions like Marvel movies and just it, it's Star Wars. It never stops. And, and even the talk now about having a black Superman is like, Jesus, really? Why come up with, the, with an original idea? Why do this stuff if you have nothing else to say, nothing else to do? Because you have no creativity. Then look for a different job. It's insane. Superman is white. End of story. Okay, it's it's a lead character. It's it's a role model. You can't make Jesus Christ Chinese, can you? You want to make a movie about Jesus and and how he came to be? You can't make him Asian. You can't make him. You can't make him uh, non-binary. You can't make him lesbian. For fuck's sake, you have to stick to some sort of original idea for that material and just respect it to some degree. If you want somebody different and you want a superhero in a different version, then come up with something. Fuck, what's next? Batman is going to be black, sure. Maybe Batman is going to be... uh, I don't know. Maybe he's going to be just, you know, fat because fat shaming is bad, so he has to be fat to make it look cool or whatever. It's just... It's a never-ending cycle of insanity. It's just mad and absolutely breathtaking that we have to actually watch this shit. Of course, we don't have to watch it. We can always choose to shut off. You know, we give them too much power if we keep watching. That's of course true, but we give them even more power if we get, if we spend our money on everything else that comes afterwards. For example, uh, if, if if you're not satisfied with a movie. Don't buy the DVD or Blu-ray. Even of those media,s these the, this type of, of media form will die out eventually, quite fast and very soon, because not many people buy this stuff anymore, including myself. Um, it's it's you still have to pay money for it if you want to watch it online, or if you go to the theater. And if you're not satisfied with this kind of storytelling, don't go. Just don't watch it. Don't buy tickets. Don't buy the DVDs, the Blu-rays. Any kind of media, don't buy the franchise, stay away from it. Okay? You can make your, your voice heard if you just don't buy into the bullshit. That's the only way it works. Giving them more, more of your time and money just makes them stronger eventually and makes them more valid because their income grows. They make profit. That's not good if they make profit of material that is just not well done. It's not the point to keep creating bad crap. You know, <laughs> you have to create good crap and keep people like us entertained for good reason because we like to spend money on something that makes us happy. We don't like spending money on stuff that is bullshit. Now, I have a subscription to Netflix so I can either decide to watch it or not watch it. I already paid the money and I was curious. I had to see for myself, really for myself, if the criticism was valid or not. And I just, I couldn't believe that it was that bad. When I watched it, I just... Episode 2, 3, and 4 is really more centered on Tila than anything else. We have some interesting other characters that are being introduced. We got Roboto. We got, of course, Men at Arms, who makes an appearance here and there. But he's also being portrayed as being weak because he says he's not a fighter anymore and he doesn't want to go back to his old life and he doesn't want to, you know, uh, fix the sword and even though he knows how to do it because he's a man he doesn't want to because he has an ego. But nobody wants to talk about the ego of Tila, obviously. You know, she's like... Uh, the, the, the worst part of the storyline is when Scareglow was introduced, which was done well. I mean, design-wise, I'm still amazed that they did a, such a good job staying close to the toys and to the original design of, of the characters just make them slightly more modern is a good touch and a very, very good approach, and I enjoyed that. But when Tila opens her mouth, that's when, you know, everything just goes to shit. Because, quite frankly, when Scareglow was trying to force her to reveal her deepest fears before she could actually progress to next scene and next plot line, I was curious as to what exactly her uh, weakness would be and her fear but all the show did was d- d- revealing that she's afraid of being too badass too strong for her own good really <laughs> that's that's what this is all about please oh for god's sakes please we had it we had this crap in captain marvel it's just it why you know, Kevin, why? For fuck's sake. This is all you got, man? C-c-c- Jesus. I'm really, I'm baffled. I'm, I'm amazed that somebody like him who works in the industry for so many years can actually make something this woke and this bad and not even realizing that it's a bad idea. It's just, make a character strong. Like I said, make them, if you want a strong female character, Fine. We had people doing that. We had perfect examples of how good this can work if you know what you're doing and not just representing a a formula in Hollywood because of some fucking political agenda and placing it into a cartoon once again. Absolutely the same. Did anything ever change? No, nothing did. So we have, you know, uh, Tila r- revealing how unbelievably cool and how strong she is without any, any real weakness. There is nothing that can compromise the character. She's just too badass. Which, what the fuck is the point? How can that be fun or believable in any way? Not even He-Man himself was ever portrayed like this. I don't remember when. Okay, he's just a, a normal man, or a boy, let's say, a, a young man, who uh, got introduced to, to the power, I think even way too soon, and he has to find a way to deal with that as well. That doesn't make him too strong or too awesome. He's bulky build, that's all, he's masculine, okay? Okay. And it feels like in this TV show they're trying to take away uh, He-Man and make him less valid, less important for the storyline, even though everything was built around him and, and on top of him and his legacy and everything, all the secrets about Skull, And now this, now they try to make Tila more powerful than she needs to be because, because plot, because Kevin Smith and, and whatever asshole is behind him supporting him for this idea. And, uh, the, the end is, uh, basically, you know, if, if it wasn't for Tila, then He-Man could not make his decision to come back to Eternia, turning his back on pre Turnia, uh, being mortal again and being He-Man. And I was almost afraid that at the end of episode five, that the true power the, the, the sword of power would be maybe transferred and given to Tila because she might be more powerful than E-Man himself. That's what I feared would happen. And I think something like this might come up in season two, where Tila becomes more centered into uh, this, this, this universe. It will be explained why she's so fucking special and why she's so fucking awesome. And it's, it's you know, it's like I said, it's always the same we had this crap in in terminator because the the lead actress the hero there is well she's the key to everything obviously you know it's not john connor no it's this chick cuz she's the fucking key to everything there is uh, in in the witcher there's a girl because she's special and she's the key to fucking everything there is, uh, there, there is uh, Captain Marvel because she's so fucking awesome and she's the fucking key to everything. You know, it just keeps on going in the same direction. You cannot tell me, please, you can't tell me that this has anything to do with intelligent writing. There is a reason behind it. There is, oh, I, I forgot to mention Star Wars, for Christ's sakes. This chick, this Mary Sue fucking whore is the key to fucking everything because it needs to be because Kathleen Kennedy or whoever. I can't see it anymore. I can't stand this shit. I want to see originality. I want to see something new. I want to see something real and not something that gets pushed down our throats every fucking day of the week. It's, It's just, it's maddening. It's insane. I want to watch a movie or a TV show or a cartoon or I want to read a comic book. That takes me away from reality because that's why this stuff has been created for fuck's sake. I don't want to be lectured on anything. I don't need to be lectured. If I want to be lectured, I watch Star Trek, the original. Okay, I watch Next Generation because of their philosophy. That was good. They knew what they were talking about. Now the philosophy. Have you seen like uh, the the new Star Trek? The Star Trek Picard. With that, that, that the new uh, female actress that needs to be, again, the key to fucking everything. Uh, it's really insane. I wonder how long this is going to take until it either bursts or everyone just gives up on Hollywood and turns their backs on them. Because it's, it's 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 exhausting. It's repeating itself far too often And the political agenda can be seen A fucking mile away And um, It's no fun for me anymore it's it's, it's it's mind-boggling How Kevin Smith is talking his way out of his ass um, Making excuses For n- Not even making excuses If you, <laughs> if you know what I mean He's trying to push it into a direction where the fans need to be blamed. Because we are the toxic ones, obviously, because we're never satisfied. How can you be satisfied if you're promised to see a TV show about He-Man because He-Man hasn't been portrayed in so many fucking years? And because of current political events and because of the Me Too movement and everything that concerns uh, more freedom and and equality for, for women, which I have no problem with, to be fair. But when it comes to storylines and presenting good characters, I want them to be original. I want them to be as real as possible and not shaped in the same fucking form over and over and over again from movie to movie for years to come. I'm sick and tired of it. We can't hear this shit anymore. It's enough. And I expected more from Kevin Smith because I thought this guy, he knows what he's talking about. I thought he is a fan of fucking everything and he enjoys the fantasy world. He loves the comic world. He loves the toys. He loves this and that. He loves Superman. He loves Marvel. He has fun everywhere. So why not give him a chance when he does He-Man? Because he's a fucking douchebag. Okay? He can't do anything right, obviously. Or I shouldn't say that. I mean, he can do some things right. But let's face it. I don't think that the, um, the design choices and artwork are all on his shoulders and all in his head. I mean, we are talking about a gigantic group of people being very talented when it comes to, to graphical designs, character designs, artwork in general, putting their heart and soul into a project. Like I said, He-Man looks visually really stunning. The animation quality is great. I loved watching it. I loved seeing it. But getting the plot in my head was the moment where I just wanted to puke. I just wanted to lie down. I actually had to stop after episode three and, and fell asleep because I was exhausted from the nonsense that I was seeing. But I wanted to see the rest too, so I took, a, I took a nap. And I kept watching episode three, four, and five, and I had enough. I was done. I was completely done. I was, I was just... Uh, I, 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 I completed watching episode four and five this morning. Uh pfft. it's it I feel like my head is, is developing diarrhea. As if the shit of the Hollywood industry and of Kevin Smith is dripping out of my ears and nose. It's it's insane. I am Ah uh, I don't know where to begin or what to say in the end. I'm just disappointed. I'm really disappointed because I can understand the 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 true Real He-Man fans for being angry, and they have all—they have all reason to. If you haven't seen anything yet, and you don't care about it, then you don't mind if if I spoil the rest to you. That Adam gets almost killed, at least stabbed through Skeletor at the end. Uh, he near death once again, which means that that um, Adam will be. Uh, Let's, let's say that really season two comes, okay? We know that Adam is, is, is deadly wounded. If he dies again and they let him die, then the new, uh, you know, a queen of power or a warrior of power will be Tila at some point because she needs to be she-man, I suppose, or she-ma'am in, in, in better terms. That means that in the beginning of season two, Adam is somewhere s- dead sick. He needs treatment. He's being maybe even get surgery if they have such a thing in, in Eter- Eternia. Maybe lying on his deathbed. And again, the only person who can save him is probably Tila, because why the fuck not? And I don't understand the development here of this 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 plot where it it needs to go, where it's leading. I think at some point, Tila will probably be forced to kill Skeletor because it's her job now. And I only see dark paths for the future where the storyline gets just ridiculously stupid and He-Man has nothing to say anymore because it's 2021 and we don't want strong male characters anymore. They have no place in society, it it seems. And He-Man is just because he's physically strong he's just he he represents everything that is good in humanity if you give him a chance just like superman represents everything that is good in in humanity everything that has potential in humanity is represented in that character not just in in other ones but superman and he-man are good examples or perfect examples of how far a role model can be shaped for the goodness of the story and positive influence on younger audiences. And not, you have to be strong and, and, and you know, super buff to kick someone's ass. That's not the core message here, nor was it ever. But with Tila, that's the message. You know, be self-absorbed, be, be, be strong, be ignorant, be, be selfish. Have an ego uh, like 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 Ske- like Skeletor, but only a hundred times worse. And never listen to anyone. Go your own way. Always go your own way. You, know, you, you don't need help. You don't need help because you're awesome. And that's just bullshit. I can't watch it anymore. I'm really angry. I'm really pissed. It's It's been years since I've seen anything about He-Man. And now this, it's just... Wow. And Kevin Smith is really just pointing at the fans, really. And I mean, I've, I've seen the footage from the, the, the Q&A uh, panel there where he uh, explained himself towards the fans and towards anybody, I guess, who's watching, defending himself by saying, yeah, um, he was worried about the fact that some people didn't like it very much and he received so much hatred and, and criticism towards the show. And he claims that Netflix told him uh, yeah, you're fine, because five, uh, 5,000 to 10,000 people wrote nasty things online about He-Man. But we have 200 million, million subs, uh, subscribers, and that means we don't care. We have money. We make money. Fuck you all. And... You know, that just proves to me that people like Kevin Smith, he wants to gain attention, he wants to be taken seriously, but he wants also the cash because that's where his job is, is is directing him to go, okay? Uh, project A means I get this and that type of money. I don't care about the project. The end. He cares about crying in front of the camera when he sees, like, uh, the finale of whatever fucking series, or he watches movie, this and that, and starts being emotional. That's That's... I don't like this kind of stuff. I don't like it because seeing what happened now with the show, everything that he represents and everything he did online is hypocrisy. Pure and utter hypocrisy. I do not believe anything he says. I cannot take him serious anymore. He creates publicity for his own sake and now he creates publicity because he did a mistake. And he doesn't man up to that mistake. He cannot be honest enough by taking the blame and saying, okay, I messed up, I am sorry, I had reasons. That He can't explain himself for the reasons, but all he does is blaming the fans because they are the, the, the toxic ones. They are the ones destroying his work. No, asshole, you are the one destroying this work because you have no clue what you're doing. And he's not explaining to anyone why he did what he did. The truth, I mean, Okay. Not just his fucking vision and wow, we had to we have such a great uh, storyline and blah blah blah. No, uh, no, you don't. Uh, you never had his show and his this this story overall. It has potential. It has some great ideas. I'm not saying that everything is completely uh, complete crap. The design is great, like I said. I, I love what they did with many of the the characters. I think the representation of Skeletor was uh, almost spot on in my opinion. I, I'd like to see more of that, but. The reason for chopping up Eternia the way he did and putting He-Man on the side making him almost unimportant is just... uh, It's a very bitter, bitter pill to swallow and I would like to know why what the truth is here why it was necessary to push a cartoon like that into the same direction like star wars and terminator and all the other woke bullshit why was that necessary and especially if you want to do it why don't you do it right you have buffy you could learn from that you have like you know sigourney weaver to learn from that you have other female characters in 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 movies and tv shows that were represented just fine were strong and believable and just individually just powerful as they were. And uh, you have characters like that. If you want to know what kind of characters, you have them in Star Trek, for fuck's sake. Captain Catherine Janeway, good example, okay? At least the way she was portrayed in, and, and uh, how it was executed in, in, in those times when Voyager aired, is uh, it was well done. It was really well done. It's not one of my favorite characters, mind you, because, um, basically because of the acting of, of the woman herself. I forgot her name to be, to be honest, to be fair, I had it just a moment ago. My memory's not the best anymore, but, um, Mulgrew, I think, what was her name? Kate Mulgrew, right? She played the captain and I'm not a fan of her acting to be honest. I don't think she's acting all that well. It's... it's. I mean, she's good, but she's not that good. And that's just a fair, a fair statement. I love the character itself. I think the whole story around Voyager was very unique and beautifully written. Um, they could have done a lot more with that in, in the future and adding Captain Janeway to movies, for example, which sadly never happened. They could have done a crossover with, uh, you know, Captain Picard or Benjamin Sisko. And that sadly never happened. But um, what we had, what we, what we got as fans in seven seasons of Voyager was pretty well done. And it's a darn good show. I just, I, I loved every uh, episode. They had weak moments, they had good moments. But Captain Catherine Janeway was a good captain. And uh, also strong. You know, they, they showed weakness. Every character should have a weakness. Where's the weakness in Tila? Where's the weakness in Captain Marvel? Where's the weakness in this tiny little chick from the latest Terminator movie? I did like the Terminator movie to some degree. I mean, I liked the, the action sequences. They were great. Um, I liked the humor that they put in uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where he, uh, you know, tried to live as a human being disguised and talks this utter rubbish that was kind of fun to watch but um, I think because of movies like that with, with a plot of, of, of a, a, a female character that has no weakness whatsoever just being too important for, for her own good and how dare can she cope with the awesomeness that she is is, is just you know it's boring it's, a character needs weakness she needs to show dignity at some point and, and or maybe even collapse under stress or or, or just being in, in, in a in a bad place in a bad spot somewhere. They did that all in good TV shows. The Walking Dead did it quite well. I mean that kind of drama in all these years is, you know, it's hard to come by. It's it's just it you can't ignore it, can you? Um, we had weaknesses and moments of fear and self-doubt in in in, in Ripley from uh, the Alien movies. I mean, like I said, that character, the acting, Jesus Christ, that's a perfect example. Uh, in uh, Sarah Michelle Geller did a great job in in Buffy, uh, how she portrayed not only being strong and being a leader of that team to fight against the the dead, the, to fight against all these these uber vampires and all that. Uh, they they represented her in in the way that was necessary to make her believable by showing her fears, her weaknesses, her self-doubt, this kind of stuff. Everyone goes through a development like that. And if you don't use elements of these everyday life experiences into characters like Tila, for example, then what the fuck is the purpose of making her that strong in the first place? What kind of a message are you sending people? Why is it necessary to go that way? Where is the good story writing? Where, where is it gone? What happened to it? Where's the creativity? What happened to that? What happened to Kevin Smith? I am disappointed. I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. I don't want to watch anything else he does. But I got to tell you, I am curious if this goes on to season two. And if it does, God help us all, man. If, if we can have a decent moment of cartoon memories that just it not only have they something to do with our childhood but something of quality and uh, and storyline essence that can be canon that can be memorable that can be added to the entire complexity of the Eternia storyline of that universe i would be happy to see it i'm not a huge he-man fan like i said but i enjoy watching it because it does have quality, it does have meaning, and it. It it's, it's great that it actually exists. And it's sad that people like him just shit all over it, at least to some degree, at least. okay. And I don't believe his, his own personal agenda, I don't believe his own personal beliefs, his story. I think he's lying through his teeth, and I have a bad feeling about the future, especially concerning him and this TV show. And he claims that, oh yeah, in episode seven, you're going to have so much He-Man. Like, yeah, I wonder how that is going to turn out. How are we going to have so much He-Man? Adam is wounded. So what's going to happen? He's going to be like, uh, all right, the magic is back in Eternia. That's true. The magic has been restored. Everything is back. And Adam is deadly wounded. Now, if the sorceress has enough power to save him and heal him, she, she, she should do it fast in episode one from season two. If that doesn't happen, then the plot has to move forward into such a way that Adam is deadly injured because Skeleton might have used a poison too with his staff and, and, and you know, anything like that can happen, forcing uh, Adam to be in, in the state of near death because he can't be healed. That's something that I'm afraid of. If, if a plot would be developed like that just to give Tila more screen time because somebody obviously was forced to do so. And if not, I mean, oh God, man, I really, I don't know what's going to happen next. The only thing I'm looking forward to is Ghostbusters because I believe Jason Reitman is doing the right thing. And... Uh, I don't see a problem why children cannot be the next Ghostbusters team, young children, uh, not young teenagers at that. I'm not sure how old the cast really is, but it's not a surprise to me because this idea was explored in the real Ghostbusters cartoon series. It was introduced before, it was followed many times, the storyline progressed a little bit in that regard, and it made perfect sense. And it was introduced well. And nobody was thinking anything nasty because the Ghostbusters were, were adults. And, and, you know, having friends or being friends with kids who were supposed to be the next Ghostbusters in the future. Nobody had any perverted thoughts about that. For fuck's sake, it was a story that we could explore because it was fun. Nobody was having, you know, second guessing like, who, who's fucking who? Jesus. Now we have the Ghostbusters uh, movie with uh, three of the old cast members coming back. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson. Hopefully Sigourney Weaver, if, if the rumors are true. I'm not too sure about that, but I would love to see her again. Um, uh, what's the name again? Annie Potts? No, I forgot, I'm sorry. I forgot who played uh, Janine Melnitz. But Janine is going to be back, and she is uh, visible in the latest uh, trailer where she talks about Egon. And um, it's, it's what I love about it is that the actual, they, they were actually con- being con- concerned about the legacy of, of, of Egon Spangler and what it meant to him to go out to this farm because he knew something. He was a scientist through and through, and he was very precise, very, very calculative. And he was, he was always on point with his, with his, uh, with his plans and his science. He was always serious. And uh, I think it was portrayed in the cartoon shows also very well. And I'm just looking forward to that because if this movie sucks too and becomes too woke at some point, which I do not believe, I think this is really just focused on family entertainment, respecting the source material. And uh, I think Jason Reitman, he learned a lot from his dad. And I think that he has his own take on the franchise. It's pretty obvious, too, that you know the, his touch is there. But the original uh, storyline is there, too. I do believe that he's respecting the source material. And I do believe that Ivan Reitman is, is genuinely, uh, just truthfully happy about that project. That his son is carrying the torch, so to speak. And... I have no reason, right now anyway, to be troubled about that project. It looks too good to be true to get finally a true third film in the franchise after all these years. And seeing the old Ghostbusters one last time on screen, perhaps one last time, And they're not there to lecture the kids. They are not there to be mansplaining about anything. They are there because they are the most experienced ones. They have started this business. They are the Ghostbusters. And they're giving the kids the torch because someone has to keep this business alive in case shit happens. And demons like Gozer come by or Vigo. Or whatever else, you know, Sam Hain or anything from the cartoons or any kind of of ghost-like being or demon that comes by and thinks to itself, you know, it's time to go back to New York and kick some ass. Who's going to be there to stop them? Who has the knowledge? Who has the tech, the the experience, Uh, you know, some kind of connection to the Ghostbusters legacy to actually take that job and take that call to keep busting? And I think if this movie doesn't work, nothing will. I'm serious. I think the franchise will will be fucking dead. Only thing that can exist in the future will be comic books if Jason Reitman's movie is going to fail. Because it cannot be by far that bad than the reboot version with the women. And I don't want to get into that. My stomach is going to turn any moment. So that's my thoughts. You know, this is my uh, my personal criticism, my disappointment about He-Man. And... um, the wokeness behind it. It's pretty obvious uh, what's going on, and I hope it's going to end someday, but it looks like we have a long way ahead of us to endure this bullshit and finally maybe get common ground where we can just be happy about some artist with a name this and that doing original work, original stories, respecting source materials if needed, and just create something that fans really like because we are the ones who pay for it in the end. And that's it. That's really it. If 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 they just make it about themselves and their their project, and then they you know go to the fans and say, well, you you don't like it because you're mean. <laughs> I, I can't I can't stand that crap. I really can't do that. He's a grown fucking man for Christ's sakes. He messed up. He should apologize accordingly. That's it. That's just it. Then fix it and let somebody take care of season two. Because damage is done. I don't need to say more. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, I think that's enough. Um, I made my point. You probably have made your point by uh, by now. If you want to watch it, um, don't let people like me tell you what to do. If you are disappointed overall and you've seen the first episode or something and you don't want to continue watching it or something then don't support it the damage is there the story is there if you want to watch it go ahead uh, I wouldn't recommend buying it i would strictly if you're if you have expected something else like me i am not spending my money on it there is no point there's just no point i'd rather buy a, a ton of ice cream instead uh, before I even decide to spend a buck on a DVD like that it's just nonsense. I'd rather go back to the 80s and just watch the old cartoons, how they were uh, uh, created the first time around. It gives me more joy because it's, it's the only real thing that is left, uh, I suppose. But, you know, that's a different story. I don't want to get too nostalgic here. Uh, like I said, uh, make your own opinion if you must. If you want to watch it, go ahead. But be warned, it's not what you expect it to be and uh, I'm quite surprised that so many people have actually found their voice and are criticizing the show heavily, and I think it's necessary that we need to do that. If we do criticize something, it's maybe the best way to do it to be more you know, constructive and just focus on the facts and the points, the flaws of the show. Uh, it's not necessary to flame and personally attack somebody and threatening people, of course. No, we can't do that. That's not the way to do it. But voicing your opinion if you're unsatisfied with, with something, especially something that was so botched up like this, is a natural process. You can't silence these people for what? If you want to live in a fake world, in, in a bubble where you expect everyone to love you for what you do, then you're fucking delusional. That's not how the world that's, this, that's not how the world works. And I'm pretty uh, thankful for that but some people pretend otherwise and I think they need a lesson or two and if they don't learn from their their mistakes then what's the point of being in that business I mean if he created something on his own his own ideas it would be something else but he took the license of, of Masters of the Universe and did something with it now people are unsatisfied there is backlash what the fuck did you expect you fucking idiot that's all I can say Well, uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. I hope that you stay healthy, like always. That you take care of each other. That you spend the time together as good as you can. That you enjoy life a little bit. And um, try not to take everything too serious. (laughs) But if you don't like this TV show, uh, let me know. If you want to, you don't have to. I'm uh, curious what I'm going to watch next. I don't have that much time for watching, but I might be uh, looking up some movies. Who knows? Up until then, take care. I need a break. I need a break from E-Man. Oh, man. What What a tough watch. What a tough watch.